how our theme song goes. Where are we? This is digressively horrified. Hey guys, it's Jeremy here, and I just finished recording the most incredible episode of this podcast. Uh, it's it's all about horror noir, which is a documentary about uh, the history of, of black people in horror, and uh, we had an incredible group of guests on this one, including Danny Lohr, Emmanuel Litzkam, and uh, Ali Mullen. Um, it's a really long and really great episode that's going to be out this Friday, but we wanted to give you a little preview. There's a bit we had to, to cut because it got kind of long and very off topic, so we wanted to give you a, a preview of what's to come. It's a fun little bit. It's going to be about 16 minutes total, and uh, make sure you come back here on Friday and get the rest of it. All right, bye. Night of the Living Dead. I feel like the, the movie kind of deserves like its whole own section. Has everybody seen Night of the Living Dead here? Mm-hmm. I haven't, it's... and I feel bad for it. Like, I've taught a class on zombies and haven't seen Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> I know, oh, we've been I know, friends I know. for so long and I haven't made you watch this movie. Listen, the whole horror meetup thing kind of fell through eventually. <laughs> this is true. I mean, I blame it on the pandemic, but that was like four years ago. So It's fine, it's fine. I have I seen it, but it's been a... But it's been a while and it's a really funny thing for me because for a long time I paused watching horror because my wife is not big on horror. So like I've seen Night of the Living Dead, but it's been like a bajillion years since I've seen it. And like we're getting to the point where now some of the older ones, even if they're scary, the special effects are old enough that she can watch it. So like I was able to finally watch like alien in the house with her you know and stuff and like so we're like moving through and so she just gave me the okay tonight to rewatch both demon knight and Candyman because i was watching the documentary and i'm like yes nice, oh, nice. has your wife seen night of the living dead probably not yeah. so both of it's interesting because while she grew up in the bronx like me uh both her parents are immigrants mm-hmm. so uh a lot of the older pop culture references like just she was not exposed to until like sure. later on fair enough yeah, yeah. I, th- I think special effects wise, she'd be able to handle it. Oh, yeah, I think I think she uh, she would find it interesting. I'm not sure if it's her bag, but I have an in to watch a zombie movie that isn't super gross. So she did like warm bodies. So maybe I can ease her uh, into other things. Warm yeah, bodies is yeah. good. I want to teach it. <laughs> it's it was really good. I still haven't seen warm bodies. I know at some point you when would we were... really like it. I'm teaching Romeo and Juliet right now. And I want to just be like, hey, like, hey, I'll just. Watch this quick on a Google Meet. <laughs> when when we were talking, all I know about Warm Bodies is when we were talking about Anna and the Apocalypse, Ben and Chris had like a moment where they were like, Warm Bodies, it was okay, but like it should have been better because in the book, like they're older and it, it's not this weird, you know, teen There's thing. more world building. Down to like, you know, win more people over. Here's the thing. I think it was going for the audience that likes the sweeter story. You know, like yeah. it, it was going, like it is... My wife was almost angry that it had taken so long for us to watch it because she was like, dude, I thought this was like a horror movie. It's like a, a comedic romance. Yeah, it's absolutely a romance that happens to have a zombie as the lead. Yeah. Um, which, which then I think made my horror loving heart really mad to watch. Yeah. And it's, it's all like, expectations. She, she won't love him because he's going to smell terrible. <laughs> he's a rotting corpse. How could she like, possibly? What? Not that like he's the living undead. But like yeah. he smells bad. It was like watching uh, when was it uh, 
the Guillermo del Toro was it Crimson oh, Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak yeah and he had to tell everyone please I know how they edited the commercials it is not a horror movie you will be disappointed if you go if and thinking it's a horror movie it's a gothic romance and then without fail everyone went and everyone who was like yeah it's me but he like went on this thing. I remember the interview specifically where he was like, it is not a horror and I don't want to disappoint you guys. I'm I'm sorry about the trailers. It's also why I was able to go with a friend who cannot do horror yeah. and she was totally fine with watching it and then pointing out a little bit of the plot flaw, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's actually like one people... I want to see and Alicia is put off by the idea that it's a horror movie. And so we haven't watched it. Yet. It is not. She, it she is, can she can watch this. Yeah. It is a full <laughs> like, on romance with pretty outfits and a ghost in it. Like mm-hmm. that's <laughs> like yes, they're running in fear in the hallways, but also all the gowns are very flowy and beautiful. And the fear so, is really about like their own emotions. Mm-hmm. I sometimes wonder if people who claim they don't like horror, it's like the the fear of being afraid, which I very much have. Like, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but like. Obviously, it's like a wide-ranging genre. Like this podcast has talked about Cabin in the Woods and Get Out. And like, what was it? Anniversary of the Apocalypse, the musical, or what have you. And so, like, there's so many things that are horror without being scary. That I think yeah. I mean, thriller is technically horror, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's the like, oh, I'm going to be afraid of it. Whereas so many of these just it's a means of telling a story, or it's a give a number of like cultural touchstones that you can use to tell something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also a lot of my people. friends to watch them from an academic perspective or from a filmmaking perspective or from a special effects perspective. Because as a kid, that was the way I could handle it. Like my parents love yeah. horror. They think it's funny. So I look at my yeah. dad and he's just like cracking up and eating popcorn and laughing. I'm like, okay, that that's the normal up. response. <laughs> cool. I'm going to do that. And then also like, how do they make that blood splatter? What is the blood made out of? Okay, none of this is real, and it's fun that people get to create it too. My wife can't do horror, but has never been spooked by a haunted house. Like, <laughs> guy jumps out with a chainsaw. She's like, "Hello." I'm like, "How? Like, explain this to me." <laughs> <laughs> is it just that she's oh. bored by horror movies? She's just I, like, "Listen, man." <laughs> Sometimes it's about what happens not during the movie, but like your brain working afterwards. Like, if I go to a haunted Solid. house, like, I still want to fight someone if they touch me. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. go because some of some haunted houses touch you and I don't do that. But like, Freddy, like Nightmare on Elm Street, literally never been scared by the movie. Every night I have watched any of the, the Freddy movies. I've had a terrifying nightmare that has haunted yeah. me for like a week. Because mm-hmm. it's not about what you see in the movies at all. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. uh, and I know like for me, it was also compounded with um, not just the fear of being scared, but like, the fear of horror community. I'm gonna be like perfectly blunt about that. That like there, like I worked for ten years with a dude who was like really big in like the B movie VHS community, mm-hmm. things like that. And especially as like a brown queer person, if you don't find other people like you in horror, it is a terrifying community. Mm-hmm. Like it is just straight up. My mama told me I have to go home right now. Sort of like you feel like feeling like Chris in get out <laughs> like like yeah. something is wrong here sort of thing where which then make do you not get into the movies because your brain tells you well those people who literally actually like make me uncomfortable like this is like the, what they do mm-hmm. and it like feeds back yeah there's a lot of gatekeeping in it too mm-hmm. it's oh yeah. you haven't seen this like you're not a real horror fan and it's like how many horror movies are there there's no way you could watch all of them. And also right. everyone has a different flavor that they like. And let's be honest, like a lot of them are not good and they're not really good. problematic. Like, <laughs> they're not like, good I, and I, they're 
B horror is not my thing. Like I love horror. I love atmospheric horror. I love horror with interesting stories to tell. Like I love horror with great practical, like special effects. B horror is not my thing. And no, <laughs> I can I can get into it, but I don't like B horror for the sake of it being B horror. Like yeah. you know, some people will kind of latch on to a particular yeah. subgenre, and it's their personality. And it's like there's certain like I have separate lists on Letterbox, like bad bad horror and good bad horror like mm-hmm. they're two very different things and it's different for everyone watch what you like yeah I, and I think... i'm also not trying to force anyone to watch a scary movie if they don't want to yeah well, you're a good person so <laughs> it's just it's more fun for me to have a room full of friends who actually like watching horror movies versus someone who's like i'm gonna claw your arm and then i'm not gonna sleep and i'm gonna call you every night that you don't that i don't sleep which has happened before <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, I, that I did was that to my... someone, but then I married her, so that ended up working fine. <laughs> Balances out. <laughs> I, I, used mean, to, I used to like make up horror stories to scare my friends, and then we all went on a school trip, and I did it so badly that all of them showed up at my my room door and said, we're all staying in here tonight because none of us could sleep thanks to you. And it was like <laughs> four different friends, and I was like, I mean, I guess I succeeded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was when Danny victoriously storyteller so. yep yeah I, I think like that's that's funny because like the I guess the same thing happened to me because my first date with Alicia like we went and saw the the crappy crappy Amityville horror remake from a few years back mm-hmm. is that the Ryan um, Reynolds one the Ryan Reynolds one <laughs> yeah and she literally like bad bad hid behind me in the theater during this movie like, you know, they had armrests and everything, and she was like back behind me <laughs> during several of the scenes, like not watching them actively. That was some of that was kind of my my motivation for starting this podcast is like I love horror stuff, but like I'm not into the broy horror community of it. And sometimes you've got to just like you, like you have to th- try something, and then it, it might just turn out to suck, and like you know, wasted your your night because somebody was like oh this is a great horror movie and it's like oh well that was two hours i'll never get back and that had absolutely no value and it's, it's just like poison to me more than anything <laughs> i i love like talking about good and interesting horror movies i love stuff that takes like big swings and, and does unusual stuff even when it doesn't succeed ali i i know you did not love the new black christmas and like <laughs> that one was one that was like when I looked online and I'm saw so all the like negative so bro reviews about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. It's, I'm not a bro. I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> I watched and I watched them. I watched them on Christmas and I watched them in reverse. So I watched 2019, 2006, 74. And that was the exact way to watch them from worst to best. Also, it's, there's a huge case for 1974. This is a total tangent. The 1974 Black Christmas is a proto slasher and is more feminist mm. than Halloween. So that's my that's my tiny soapbox. I yeah, like that. I, I think about it. I've seen all three of them. I I like the 2019 <laughs> one. Uh, I think everybody that was on that podcast ended up liking it. Um, I'm so glad I wasn't there that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's interesting to me because like I I just watched the original not long before that, and I'd, I'd seen the middle one when it came out, um, mm-hmm. which is you know it's a slasher. The but the the original is so like weird and that it seems like it is a slasher movie that has no idea what it's doing it has no idea how slasher movies go well it's a proto slasher like it came out before all the other ones it came out before they figured out the term serial killer so it's like how can we make this weird also directed by the same guy that did a christmas story blow your mind well 
that's a fixation. That's, mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm learning uh, so much on this episode. It's so it's so <laughs> funny because like even just talking about how like we have all like the different interests and in different kinds of horror. I before I was writing comics, I, I sold comics. I worked at a comic shop for ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always been wild that you say horror. And in the same way, for me, it's always been the same exact way that you should deal with someone saying, recommend me a comic as you should with with like, recommend me horror, right? It should be cool, what do you like? Mm-hmm. Because horror is not a specific enough genre. It doesn't mm-hmm. have some other genres, although you still wanna always ask that question, but they have like kind of more specific things that you know you're gonna get, right? Mm-hmm. Like. But if someone tells me, hey, just uh, recommend me a classic horror movie. Oh, boy. I could either make their night or, like, literally put them into therapy, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. just no, mm-hmm. you know, like, that that sentence doesn't mean enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's always really, like, so upsetting to me because I feel like so many people would like horror more if we approached it like that. If we didn't mm-hmm. approach it like, well, if you want horror... It's these 10 movies start here, you right. know? Um, or if you haven't started watching them, don't even bother because you're never right. going to be a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I ask people like, you know, what's your fear tolerance? What kinds of things do you like to see in movies? Because we can find plots that are similar to a romance mm-hmm. or a comedy. If they want something exactly. like that, they want something palatable. Oh, they want really bright colors and cinematics. Like, yeah, I'm going to recommend Jello movies if they can handle all the stabbing. Yeah. That's, there's so many ways we can go with this. Which is why Har Noir talks about so many different movies. Yeah. Was that was that was that, nice. that, was was that the topic? To- was that the topic of our podcast? I've already forgotten. Progressively Horrified was created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode features Jeremy Whitley, Danny Lore, Emmanuel Lipscomb, and Ali Mullen. If you are a brown and or queer person who loves or just wants to try horror, you're very welcome here, no matter what movies you want to watch. Our theme music is Epic Darkness and Monk Cathedral Chant by Mario Cole 06 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or email us at progressivelyhorrified at gmail.com. Oh.